0: Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida.
1: To grow in God, we need to be serving. That is the key to growth. Let me share you what happens. Those who are taught but not exhorted into action, become, literally, fat sheep. And if you've ever seen a fat sheep gets turned over, he can't get right side up. The God of this age,
0: of this world, blinds people from the truth. As believers, it's our responsibility to reach out to the lost. If you feel at a loss about how to do that, seek the Lord for your gift. Not everyone is called to be a teacher or encourager, but everyone is called to serve in some way. When a person hears the truth, maybe your part in it was creating the flyer that got them there or staffed the nursery so they could listen to a teaching peacefully. As we'll hear today, if you're obedient to him by embracing and living out the gifts the Lord has given you, then you're a part of people coming to know Jesus. What better way to serve than that? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 9, for our continuing study entitled, Operating Within Our Gifting.
1: Know your gift. Number two, accept your gift. No jealousy. Accept your gift. This was the problem with Uzziah. He goes in and he says, I can do the priest's function. I'm multitasked. Here I go. You're going to see in a moment, God's going to say, Oh, I don't think so. So you have a gift tonight. You say, Well, I'd like that gift. No, God gave you the gift you have. So operate it. Exercise it so as to please God, not man. Number four, Allow others to exercise their gift. That's why we have a body here. So we have to allow that. You can't have everybody. God doesn't put everybody in this body with a gift of leadership. You've heard it at work many times. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. You ever work at a place like that? Everybody wants to be the boss. Well, naturally, it doesn't work too well. It doesn't work well at all. to be honest, can't happen in the church. See, if you want to try to be somebody else, let me tell you what will happen in your life. If you want to operate with somebody else's gift, just listen to me, you will always be burned out. Because you're operating with the flesh. You can't do it. So when I'm operating with the gifts that I know I have, even though it's hard work and all the other things, I'm just flowing. It's okay. You're trying to do something that isn't your gifting, forget it, you're going to burn out. And secondly, it is not going to be blessed just doesn't happen. So you can't force yourself into a place where God hasn't gifted you. He's gifted us all uniquely and just operate there. Number 5, always give the glory to God. And number 6, even though you're gifted, it still requires it still requires the power of the Holy Spirit and love to operate it. Now, how should that function? Well, look at verse 9. Romans 12 this is kind of the gifts in action how it functions in this body so as I read this look at yourself and go is that me is that happening in my life I I can't judge you you have to look at yourself love must be sincere hate what is evil cling to what is good be devoted to one another in brotherly love honor one another above yourselves never be lacking in zeal Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In other words, we should be devoted. There should be brotherly love happening here between us. We're honoring one another. We're letting them out of the parking lot before we get out. There's a lot of practical ways you can do this. When you do your serving in your area of ministry, you're doing it with zeal, fervency. You're knowing you're not doing it because Pastor Kenny asked you to. You're doing it because you're serving the Lord. Verse 12, be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And it's about every one of us, notice, notice, being joyful in hope. When we come, we know God's going to do something that night. We're expecting God to move because our lives are filled with that joy. You guys are doing a great job. And as we do that, people notice. Because, sad to say, it's not in every church. And God help us that we don't lose it by being prideful. And I'm just trying to share you with you how much we have. Sometimes we don't realize how much we have. Enjoy it, guys, because God's blessing is really upon us. Verse 13. Well, let's finish 12. Patient and affliction. I had to finish that one. Faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. What does that mean? You're going to open your house. You're going to invite friends over. You're going to meet somebody new in the commons area and say, let's go out for lunch. That's putting it into practice. Bless those who persecute you. You might want to put a name there. (laughs) Thus saith the Lord. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. It's just wonderful to realize we're all together and serving. That's the body of Christ, serving with our gifts. So as you go home in your devotions, look at that and say, Am I lacking? Is there an area that I'm not serving right? Do I some somebody else's gift? Maybe here and you haven't found your area. Pray that God will open that up to you. Get serving. Get functioning. Those of us that are serving, just serve faithfully with the gift you have. Realize we're just one little clog in this huge thing called the body of Christ. And we function together and all the glory goes to God. Back to Second Chronicles, verse 17. What happens when we desire somebody else or function in somebody else's gift? Not only do you burn out, but here you're going to get leprosy. Verse 17. Now Amaziah the priest with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord followed him in. So we have 81 priests following the prideful king in. He's getting ready to offer the sacrifices, whatever the offer, the incense. Verse 18. Why does it say courageous? Because it says they confronted him. And they said, It's not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who have become consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will not be honored by the Lord God. So as Uzziah was usurping the priest's office, he knew it. God's word had strictly forbidden anyone except the priest in the line of Aaron to enter that holy place. The priests are bold enough to confront. They just say, this is no place for you. God's not going to honor you. You need to leave here. Verse 19. Uzziah, who had a censor in his hand, look at his reaction, ready to burn incense, became angry. Instead of teachable. If he'd have been teachable at this point and walked out, the blessing of God will have still been there. Watch what happens. While he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar of the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. Notice his first reaction. And we have to feel for him because quite often this is our first reaction. When God points out a sin or another person in the body, i.e. our spouse, points out a sin, sometimes our first reaction is, Wow! you know, the man of God or the woman of God has lost it. And we head down. I know why you're laughing, because you've been there. (laughs) Haven't we? We're guilty. We know we're guilty. How dare you say anything to me? And yet, we blow it. And then not only are we guilty, but we got to go back and apologize. Know what I mean? For our anger. He's angry. Instead of repenting, is a good challenge for us tonight. See, we're reading these things not to go, well, what's wrong with you, Uzziah? We're reading these things to go, okay, I got it. Next time, be more careful. That's why we're studying this tonight. Now notice, we often don't see the judgment of God so quick. This is incredible. Boom. As he's arguing and yelling. Now sometimes we see the redness go up but this is not redness. This is leprosy on him. In this particular case, while he's yelling, he's covered with leprosy. Do you think as that happened, there was any lessons to the priest standing by? Should there be any lesson to us tonight? Yes. Saying, I don't know how that fits you, but it has to fit us individually. Certainly as the priest watched that, they went, Maybe this is just words coming out of it. Maybe they're almost prideful. A couple could be, you know, this is not your place. This is our place, man. Get out of here. Whoa. Here it came. Leprosy. Verse 20. When Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead. So they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. I was talking to a neighbor that came over today. Aren't you glad we live under the time of grace? (sighs) He had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous, and excluded from the temple of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. He lived in a separate house, sin always separates. Verse 22. The other events of Uzziah's reign from beginning to end are recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz. Uzziah rested with his fathers, and he was buried near them in a field for burial that belonged to the kings, for the people said he had leprosy. Isn't that an incredible reputation to be left with? When you mention the word Uzziah, Think about his building, his war, his his uh, artillery. He came up with the the grapes, the neat things, the victories. What do you think about Uzziah? Oh, he's the one that had leprosy. Whew. Sad, because he did one thing. He got prideful. The fall came. Verse twenty, chapter twenty-seven. Now, Jotham, that's his sons taking over, was 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. His mother's name was Jerusha, daughter of Zadok. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Uzziah had done. But unlike him, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. No kidding. Now, what if he had gone into the temple? What would we call him? A dummy. A dummy. I read this week about a dummy. How can you tell when a dummy has used your computer? There is whiteout on the screen. All right, not too bad. Why did the dummy stare at a can of frozen orange juice? Because I said concentrate. (laughs) All right. Jotham is not a what? He's not a dummy. He had learned his lesson well. That's why we're studying the Old Testament. That's why you're here tonight. That's why I'm here tonight. We're here to learn the mistakes of others and not repeat them. That's what the New Testament tells us. So as we're here tonight and you think about this, to be honest, sometimes we're still what? Dummies. Corny joke. Whatever. We still do it. That old sin nature. So we have to be very careful in our lives that we don't make those mistakes. Verse 3. By the way, notice in verse 2, the people, however, continued their corrupt, practices, and Judah had gone down again. Now Jotham rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord and did extensive work on the walls of the hill of Ophel. So he's kind of taken over like his dad did. He built the towns in the Judean hills and forts and towers in the wooded areas. Jotham made war on the king of the Ammonites and conquered them. That year the Ammonites paid him a hundred talents of silver, 10,000 cores of wheat, and 10,000 cores of barley. The Ammonites brought him the same amount in the second and third year. Verse 6, Jotham grew powerful. Why? Because he walked steadfastly before the Lord. The other events in his reign, so forth, go all the way to the end. He eventually dies when he's 25 years old. Now, look at verse 6. He grew powerful because he walked steadfastly before the Lord. To grow in God, we need to be serving. That is the key to growth. Let me share you what happens. Those who are taught but not exhorted into action, become literally fat sheep. And if you've ever seen a fat sheep gets turned over, he can't get right side up. So here's the danger of a church, and there's many churches other than Calvary Chapel for sure, that teach the word of God. And we have all this incredible head knowledge. We write it down. We know all the gifts. We got all the things. We got the nice statements. We got our Bibles filled. We got our tapes. But if we're not exhorted into action, you just become a fat sheep. Useless. Useless in the kingdom of God. There is no growth except in our heads. And if you're going to grow tonight, if God's going to use you tonight, if you're going to be mature, you must serve. Now, that's not a ploy. I'm not going to have a list up here now. Please, we have these openings. Come, whatever. It's just a principle. If you aren't serving, you're not growing. So that is a challenge. We're not nowhere near like many of the churches, you know, the old 20-80 rule. 20% serve, 80% just sit. No, we're not. We're much better than that. But i want to challenge you tonight. If you're here and you're not serving, find an area to serve. Kids ministry, parking lot, find an area because that's where the growth comes. Now, the second thing is this. There are many places, churches, where people are exhorted to serve. And they do all these wonderful servings, but they're never taught the Word of God. So they have no depth. So as they serve, just, they just—they might as well call them the Goodwill Industries or whatever, the Salvation Army, aside from the religious part of that, if there's much left to it anymore. They're doing nice things, but there's nothing for the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, we have to balance good teaching basis on the Word of God with an exhortation to serve and then get out and serve. That makes the body healthy and grow. And that's what's happening here. So, as you guys come in and move in, there needs to be, after you're here for a period of months, you saying to God, okay, how do I get plugged into in this church? That's how this church continues to grow. And that's how this church will eventually say, mm, down in Sebastian or wherever God says, New the church. We need hundred people to get out of Sebastian for four months and somebody be in the choir and somebody help us with the music, somebody help the parking lot down there. We're just going to start home fellowship and see what happens to that church down there. Boom. Here we go. Kids ministering to start. That's how it works. See, and as we do that, you say, well, man, we send hundred people down there do what they want. What's going to happen to this church? Oh, he'll just send 200 in here. You say, well, it doesn't work like that. That's exactly how it works. See, as we give, you can't outgive God. And the same in your life. As you serve, guess what? He just keeps giving back and back and back and all of a sudden the kingdom is expanded that's why we're here tonight guys because the kingdom is expanded now turn within your Bibles to one passage of scripture and I want to challenge you to this God gave it to me as I was sitting up here tonight just before we leave that finished the chapter in case you didn't think you got it all you did (laughs) turn with me to Acts chapter 26 here's an area where we can all serve Paul speaking Acts 26, Paul giving his testimony, verse 15. Well, let's just go back to verse 12, so you'll catch it in context quickly. On one of these journeys, Paul speaking, I was going to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I ask, who are you, Lord? Well, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up, stand on your feet. I've appointed, appeared to you to appoint you as a servant. Every one of us start at that spot. We never leave being a servant, just as Jesus did. Remember, he said, I came to this earth not to be served, but to serve. So that's the basis of our service. We all do that for the rest of our lives. He said, I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. And I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles I am sending you to them. Here's his call. Why? To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Now, that's one of our roles, every single one of us. We forget, in in the counseling that I do and the other pastors, I'm reminded again, and I want to say this in a kind way, of how blind people who don't know God are to the things of God. Not, not stupid people at all. Very sharp people. You see, often I get to present truth in counseling sessions to people and I watch their reaction. You're kidding. That's in the Bible? Yes, it is. Now I can say, well, sure, tell you? It's because they're blinded. So I just say, let me go through it carefully again. And often that happens in our church services. Now, who's blinded them? Let's look on just for a second. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to, the, to God. So that why? Why do we want their eyes to be opened? So that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith. And me. You see, the whole goal is to remove them just as we've been removed, just as Paul was being removed from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. It's the only two kingdoms there. When you die, that's the kingdom you want to be in. Now the world is blinded. They're not dumb. They're just blinded by the God of this age. Our role is to serve In all these functions, as you serve in the parking lot and I get to present the gospel, you are part of a person coming into the kingdom of God. We need all of us. As the kids accept the Lord over in the Sunday school area, we're all part of it. This is our goal, guys. Keep our eyes focused on why we're here. It's not mops. It's not parking lot. It's not cappuccinos. All those things are great. That's all part of it. The goal is to take people who have been blinded by Satan. They're headed to hell. And ask God to open their... I can't open their eyes. To ask God to open their eyes so they can be forgiven and come into the great light that we have. That's why we're here. And all of it comes by operating our gifts, serving our gifts. Don't be jealous of anybody else's. Just serve your gift faithfully unto God and he'll honor it.
0: What we saw in today's teaching was that to grow in the Lord, we must be serving. We're all appointed to serve whatever our gifts. That means our own gifts and not others. As we heard, Uzziah wanted to burn incense to the Lord when it was designated only for priests. Because of his pride going around the Lord's will to do his own, he was afflicted with leprosy. His legacy became that the king who got leprosy as a punishment for sin. Our relationship with God flourishes when we're in harmony with His will, not in opposition to it like Uzziah was. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll see what happens when a person becomes a man-pleaser instead of a God-pleaser. In chapter 29 of 2 Chronicles, we see the reign of Ahaz, who was far from a godly king. He'll begin with burning incense to pagan idols, but will move so far beyond that to do such evil that it's difficult to comprehend. But that's the same nature of sin that we have. It will take you further than you ever intend to go. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as pastor mark continues teaching through the book of second chronicles that's next time on lessons for living